Welcome to The Positivity Effect, where paying it forward and doing something positive in someone's life can provide them with the confidence and motivation to do the same for someone else. Like a stone dropped into a lake, let's create a ripple effect of positivity throughout our world. And it begins with your host, Dr. Thomas Retcher. Hey, what's going on guys? Dr. Tom here, and you're listening to The Positivity Effect, episode number 105, Turning Down the Voices of Limitation. Thank you so much for joining us today for some behind-the-scenes stuff with this week's interview. Text the word POSITIVITY to the number 44222, and you'll get a text from me asking for your email. Once you're signed up, I send out an email every Sunday, and it's a great way to stay connected with us. Today we're joined again by Aaron Anastasi, who just blew us away with deep insights into the power of singing, building confidence, and gaining clarity on our vision or purpose. Aaron, a Southern Californian with a master's from Princeton Theological Seminary, is best known for his powerful online vocal coaching program, The Superior Singing Method. Grossing over seven figures a year, Aaron has helped thousands of people find their voice for the first time or reconnect with it. He's also a Los Angeles-based actor and filmmaker, which we're going to learn about today. Pretty cool. And is also now helping people in such a powerful way reconnect with their inner voice through his best-selling book, The Voice of Your Dreams. So help me welcome him back now to The Positivity Effect. Hey, what's going on, Aaron? Welcome back to Day 2, Positivity Effect. Thanks so much, Dr. Tom. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on again. And it was just, uh, again, it was, it was a treat for me to just have you here and on the show and, and to hear about your perspective of why singing has been so important to you and, and that, that spiritual aspect of it and also just how now you're helping so many people. So now we, we kind of finished off on the last call about, about your book. And I'd love to talk about that, how... Because how, you spoke about that shift when you started saying, all right, I want to start helping other people in your life. And, and that started out with, these, with the, the training programs, with helping people with their voice, their actual voice, their physical voice to sing. When did it start you know, becoming that shift for actual coaching and helping people improve their lives in any aspect of life? And then the book. Yeah, I stumbled into having my own coach. And this was years ago. I want to say six, seven-ish, eight years ago or something. And actually, it was before I even started Superior Singing Method. We had laid a little bit of the groundwork for it. But I I had a coach. And it was really just like a, a mentor. I was go- I had a faith community that I was going to. And it was, it was this mentoring program to become a volunteer because I wanted to start serving at the faith community. And so that you go through these certain steps. And this guy was was my mentor for these seven weeks or six weeks or whatever it was. But he was actually um, training to be a life coach and and had been kind of doing that for a while. And I was his guinea pig client. And I remember I was at a point in my life where I was I just moved to L.A. Uh, and I was 
I, I just wasn't in a good place. I, it was, I was feeling frustrated because I couldn't translate any, you know, I'd already, I'd gone to, you know, Princeton and done all these studies and, and I, I'd had some, some successes like academically, but I hadn't had any success financially or in business. And, um, even my relationships were a little kind of stagnant at the time. And I remember talking to him and, complaining about this stuff and I wanted to actually I'm doing a lot more acting and filmmaking now which we haven't talked about yet but Very that's cool. uh that's uh that was one dream that was this hidden dream that I really wanted anyway so at the time I was kind of lamenting this stuff and complaining to him and he asked me who do you have to be in order to get the results that you want and this was a major kind of shift for me is is this idea of being our way of being rather than our doing like I've been tenacious and like a hard worker but there was I there are things that I believed about myself and things I believed about the world that I didn't realize I believed that were that were stopping my progress and moving forward so that ignited something inside of me that led to me reading hundreds of books and and getting coached and really diving into this idea of the this belief system our, our limiting beliefs and how that affects our our actions which affects our results and so within a year of, of studying, of learning about all that stuff and taking all that in and, and from being coached, it was like I, I went from barely making it to making six figures and creating a seven-figure business. And then I, I, I went from like a stagnant dating relationship to now being married to that, to that woman and having just a really fun, adventurous marriage and, and just being light years closer to the actual dream that I was afraid to even admit at the time. And so it was, awesome. such, it was such a radical transformation in my life. And so I started coaching others and started seeing equally radical transformations in them. And that's what led to the book is, is client, client stories and my own stories and the principles that I kind of gleaned from all this to help other people really be able to transform not just their voice, but their entire lives. Isn't that crazy when, when you look back on your life and, and everything that you've done and then boom, this, there was one year that it was just like insane amount of growth and it, it really is, it could be like that in just a moment. It, hap- it could happen so quickly. It, it it can and I've I've seen it I've seen it over and over. I, in fact, I can just tell you one of my client stories is that I had a, one of my clients was uh, gosh I've got so many stories but I think I'm going to tell this one. They, they, uh, he came to me and he was he was trying to raise funds for a a uh, doing a, like a crowdfunding campaign for a film that he was making. It was a short film that he wanted to make and he was a commercial uh, commercial and music video director at the time. I really wanted to make this film. He was passionate about it because it was going to help like raise awareness and raise funding to help stop sex trafficking. But he had had his crowdfunding campaign and it, and it completely failed. And when we started working together, we discovered some of his limiting voices. And within within about two months of us working together, uh, he had raised, I think, 14000 and then just get, had given up on the campaign. And so we found mm-hmm. that some of his voices, he, he felt like he was unable to raise money. He's good at a lot of things, but this is just something that is he's just not able to do and as we rework that and we rework that to like not what does he have what it takes but shifting that to does he have the capacity to find the resources to get done what needs to get done and he ended up raising instead of 60,000 raised $80,000 made the film like reawakened that sense of possibility and also it went on to win a, a CMA award a country music association award not much longer and then wow. I just saw the other day he won, <laughs> won 
another big country music television award. Anyway, like his wow. life has shifted, but it shifted in such a small amount of time and then it radically shifted and he continues to see the effects of it. So I love that. That's incredible. We, so many of us, we just don't recognize the power of, of our mind. And what one of my coaches says to me, they say, he says, there's nothing more powerful than what you're whispering to yourself. Yeah, yeah. And here's that that example that you just shared where he was telling himself that he couldn't raise a certain amount or he was doubting himself. And if he just, even though he didn't have it yet in the physical form, if he just believed that it was already, if he already had reached the finish line, if he believed that he, if, it's so powerful when you already tell yourself that you've won. It's not about, it's not like not, you're not being cocky about it. You're just being confident and saying whatever goal you're, you're going after that I, I've got this I've won I, I now even though I, I know I've won I'm now going to just what what winning looks like is it's six months out you know it's just yeah. I just have to now just follow the path that I have towards winning and collecting whatever that winning looks like and it's it's it really is a, a an incredible shift in your mind and and wow that's hats off to him to hear how much growth that he's had and, and all the, you know, the accolades and the awards, that's incredible. And he just, it was just some, some shifts that he had to make in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was some of the limiting voices. And then in the book, I talk a lot about uh, new dreamer principles. So the book is full of like these new dreamer principles. So applying a lot of these principles to his life, I, I juxtapose this idea of an, a new dreamer with an old dreamer and a new dreamer is, is, is someone like you're saying an old dreamer has these like hopes and dreams that are in the future and they stay in the future where a new dreamer pulls that out of the future puts it in the present moment and asks themselves what is the smallest step that i could take toward this right now how could i turn this dream into a project towards it's no longer even a dream and it's just what i'm doing today one small thing that's going to lead toward this big vision and as we take small actions day after day after day and stay on that path we look back and that's that's how dreams are fulfilled oh i love that i i always tell everybody i always tell everybody on the show about if they haven't seen it to go watch any given sunday with al pacino yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, that speech about about inches is just like that's what you're saying. It's like if, what f- whatever. Let's say we could just uh, break a goal down. If you want to improve your health, whatever that looks like, it's it's now. It's it's what are you doing today in those 24 hours? Those inches, those that every little inch that you're trying to claw for and move forward for, and, and they all just they stack upon they stack upon each other. So I like that idea of the new dreamer of you're pulling it out from what's from there, and then you're just doing what you can every single day now in the now and you're not you're not out there kind of airy fairy dreaming of it right and one of the big powers of that to me is that understanding that all fear lives in the future like fear isn't a present reality for really anyone in this current moment unless they're being chased by a tiger or a bear all fear <laughs> all fear lives in the future it's always oh i hope this happens or i hope this doesn't happen or what if this happens it's it's all in the future and so the same thing with our dreams as long as our dreams are in the future they'll always stay in the future until we put them in the present moment but i find that for myself and a lot of my clients the 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 hardest part is is starting and they're waiting for some kind of inspiration or some kind of the conditions to be just right but i find that the the inspiration we're waiting for in order to start is on the other side of starting if we can just start then that's when the inspiration comes in that's when we get the information that we need once we get started and begin to get some momentum that's what i wanted to ask you with with everything that you with everybody that you've coached and 
just through all of your your studies and and putting that book together. So you say most the people that haven't started yet, they're they're looking for something. Like why is that? Like what what is that thing that's just why there's just such a percentage of people that won't pursue? They won't go after what they truly deeply deep down wanted to or you know and then eventually and then on the on the flip side the person that does come to you and says hey aaron i'm ready to go i just i just need some help yeah yeah i one of the chapters of my book is called uh what a racket and and in in that chapter i kind of break down this structure of how people can can actually discover that very thing so we i find that we don't start things because of this pain and pleasure principle we we're the brain is constantly seeking to avoid pain and and uh, and to seek pleasure we're always looking for uh for that kind of route in some way or another and so what i find is the the biggest blocks to progress is our belief system that whatever we are going to go after it's going to be more pain than it is pleasure ultimately and also i find that so let's go back to when I was sitting there with my coach. One of my main complaints, and actually one of the chapters of my book is called I Don't Have What It Takes. That was one of my main complaints is I thought <laughs> I don't have what it takes to be successful. I don't have what it takes to be successful in the industry or all that kind of stuff. So uh, we're often complicit in keeping ourselves stuck. And here's what I mean. Why would I choose to believe that I don't have what it takes? Well, I didn't choose to believe it. I just I just believe it and it, and it's it's really hurting me. No, we believe what we believe for a very specific purpose. And so when I broke that down for myself and realized if I believe I don't have what it takes, then I don't have to have what it takes. I don't have to put myself out there and look like a failure. I don't have to potentially be shamed for this not working out. I don't have to do the hard work it takes to make something successful and have it come to fruition. I don't have to have the tenacity. Instead, I can just sit here and complain about it. And so that's that's one thing I get into with my clients a lot. It's not like shaming them into like, hey, this is all your fault, but helping them understand that we're complicit in keeping ourselves stuck because of the payoffs we get for our complaints, for beginning, for remaining to live in our complaints, it's like they're they're easier, and it's almost like what what you're telling, what you're whispering to yourself. And again, like going back to that example of your of your friend that you were you're coaching, it's like we want to prove ourselves right, almost. So you, we're, if we're saying in our mind, "I can't do this. I'm not going to be able to raise this amount of money," it's like our brain now is going to do everything possible to prove us right. That's absolutely right. And there's scientific evidence of that too. I know that sounds kind of like out of, you know, maybe to your listeners like a little like, Ooh. <laughs> but the, there's the brain has this reticular activating system. And when, when we tell it, Hey, this is what is, it begins to look for that because what we focus on grows. And so if, let's say we're focusing on our complaints, then, then our complaints grow and what we believe about the world, it gets compacted. But when we sit, when we create a new future, like, for example, uh, my wife and I wanted to get out of debt. We were $30,000 in debt, and we wanted to create a new future. And so we created the future with our lips, with our words, with our minds. We said, we're going to be out of debt in, uh, in nine months from now, $30,000. At the time, we, we, we weren't making very much money, but we were, this is a declaration, a commitment. So what that did is we're telling our brain, the reticular activating system in the brain, this is something that's coming to pass. We wrote it down. We put it up on the wall. We started 
telling people, and it just became this future because we live into the future we see coming toward us. So if the future we see coming toward us is what we believe about our complaints, we begin to live into that future. But when we create a new future, so my wife and I created that future, and we got out of debt and just, just after nine months, which was crazy at the time, but we <laughs> so, created a future and lived into it, a new one. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. It's so true. And I agree. Like, yeah, I've... I've on my own life, I, I've done similar things, and it's and when it, the, that, I, I like what you said at the end. How you said, well, you you put it out there, but then you write it on the wall, and then one of the big ones that you, you said was telling other people. That's like the game changer. When you when you share with other people, like this is what I'm doing. It's not that they're gonna like now, like hey, hey, Aaron, hey, Tom, uh, hope you're uh, achieving your goal this week. Like it's just like there's something about the accountability of telling them, almost that it's it's it amplifies everything and, and brings it more closer to you. It does. And and it creates an accountability. And what it does for me, because I I don't want to look stupid, most people probably don't, but it actually is me using my ego against itself to accomplish what I want to accomplish. So I don't want to look dumb in front of them later and be like, hey, didn't you say you were going to do X, Y, or Z? And be like, yeah, I, I didn't fall through or I failed or what. I, I want now want to hit that goal because my ego's now involved. And so it's back to that <laughs> pain and pleasure thing. I don't want to experience the pain of people think that I can't follow through on what I'm doing and and you know the pleasure of being completely debt free. So it adds one more layer of motivation of fire under my butt to really figure out how am I going to make this happen because the people who people who really people usually get what they really 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 want no matter what it is, they usually get it if they're that committed and have that level of intention. I think back to just myself playing video games in like middle school and high school. I got really good at playing video games in middle yeah. school and high school. And then you think back, you're like, I, now I stink. I'm terrible at video games. <laughs> if I play with like my a nephew or a niece, I'm like, damn, they're crushing it. They destroy me. Because, and now if I put, and I always say, like, man, if I put that energy, and that's what you could say, like, whatever you want, if you want it bad enough, you're, you're going to get good at it. You're, you're going to do well with it. And it's, your brain proves you're right. It's so powerful. I was talking with a friend of mine, um, my friend Diego, and he he had a somebody he was doing some coaching too, and, and sharing with somebody who they have this this goal in their life where they okay I want to start losing weight, so they get up off the couch and they just start running out of nowhere, and they feel great initially because they're running, but then it becomes really hard. So that you talking about what you were saying before about that pain and pleasure phenomenon. So now they're they're pulled back to the easier route of just sitting on the couch feeding the the pain with with food that makes them feel better and so now i guess what you're saying like with that accountability you when you have that implemented you're no longer being pushed you're not pushing yourself towards the goal you're almost being pulled towards it yes yes i I talk about in the book. I, one of, one of the chapters of the book is called "The Machine." When I was in when I was in uh, college, I, I think I'd mentioned before it was either, either in our past interview or this one where I I was super focused because I took five years off of, of high school before I went to college. So by the time mm-hmm. I went there, I was in a different headspace than like the eighteen year old that just came out of college. And I was really focused and really interested in what I was learning. And I would be in the library all the time. So people started nicknaming me "The Machine." And <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't a very flattering nickname, but there, there's something I took away from that that was that was really valuable to me is that we all have this uh, 
And let me tell another quick story that has to do with this. I, when I was in my, it was my freshman year. Yeah, it was my freshman year of college. My girlfriend of two years broke up with me. And I went through this radical grief period where I was, and this is embarrassing, but I was, I was literally weeping every day, almost all day. It was all I could do just to go to class and then go to the prayer chapel and just like weep. It was like all the emotions from childhood overflowed for, it was oh, like yeah. three to four, six weeks of like almost every day. And then another month or two of like a few days a week, it was like totally excessive. But what I found out during that time, this idea of this machine and this robot is when I, when I, in a sane moment said, okay, I'm going to eat regular meals. I'm going to get up at a certain time. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to go to class. I'm going to do my homework, like really basic things, but just almost robotically. I didn't want to do any of this stuff. I didn't feel like it. All I cared about was my grief, but I just did the basic things every single day. So where two to three months later, when I got out of that grief period, when it did pass, my life was still humming. Whereas if I would have wow. given everything up, I could have. So to bring all this back to, to my point here is that with this exercise, thing and anything we're starting in life, we all have a robotic side of us that we can kick in and just be like, no, I'm doing this no matter what for X amount of time. And so with the workout thing that, you know, you feel, you don't, you know, you after a couple of days of working out, you don't feel that much better and you're sore, you're sore. But if you can employ that robot, that inner robot that everybody has for say a week or two or three, then this magical thing called momentum kicks in. And that's what you're talking about. You're like being pulled into it and not trying to like push and make it happen. So, and then once that momentum goes on for long enough, it becomes a habit and then it becomes very, very easy to have radical results. That applies. Wow. That's so true. Just thinking of, of you, of what you do with your program, like, if if we're somebody who you've never sang before and your voice is terrible, and that's how I was when I started, it it was so like frustrating those first few months, and it's every day it was like I I'm now you're almost I I feel like I'm relating to that machine idea is I just turned it on I was thinking okay my voice sounds like garbage right now but I'm gonna sing every day train it for an hour and and just wasn't seeing the results and then all of a sudden it was just like because of the momentum you start. You get a little bit and then it start, and then the machine, you know, you can kind of put it back, put it away if you need to, but that's, that's, it really is very helpful in certain moments. And that's, I like how that you were saying that you were humming along, even though with the grief, because you could have just sat back and had Domino's pizza every day and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, gave up on school during that time or, or whatever easily. the case may be easily. Yeah. And that's many people are uh, people close to us in our lives. That's what happens. And yeah. And then it's that 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 gets really magical where if you can employ that then once that grief passes which it always does, right guys? Like whatever you're going through right now, just think back to a time in your life when you were going through something else. And are you right now are you you it's not even in your in your radar because what you're focused on is what you're dealing with right now. So it always passes and I shared on the on the show with you guys, you know, for the last few months it was tough with my putting my my dog down, but now it, I know it's it passed and and it's it's in the past, and I, I can I can be comfortable with it. And, and kind of talking about what Aaron just said, I was able to still be like that machine during that grief period. So, wow, Aaron, that's that's awesome stuff that you got going on with that book. Oh, thank you, man. I, it's been 
it's been such a blessing for me to be able to like to start it and finish it and then watch others' lives to begin to change and and people are actually buying it and reading it, which is good. I, I had a fear that like only like 12 of my friends would buy it, like only one of them would like read half of it, but <laughs> it's actually having an impact, which is what I care about most. Yep, yep. No, and it's going to be fun. On Sunday, my, my fiance comes on, we have like a kind of casual chat about our relationship. We talk about lessons we learned from the guests that was on during the week, which mm. will be that week. And we'll also, uh, we'll be talking about the book a little bit too. So it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I have a couple of questions before we, before we head out kind of sure. at the end now. Um, you had mentioned about the, uh, the, how you got into acting and filmmaking. I'm sure everybody's interested to hear about that. Yeah. I, so around that time, one of the things when I was meeting with that coach back then, I, I was like, I really want to be an actor, but it was like the secret. I, I never had a problem telling people, oh, I'm a singer and I'm pursuing singing. But this, for some reason, acting was this deep, dark secret that I didn't think could handle the ridicule of, of letting people know if they, if they're like, oh, that's stupid or you're not good enough or uh, what a joke. And it's so hard and all that kind of stuff that really, I was thinking in my own mind and projecting that other people were going to going to be saying that to me. So um at at that time that this idea of shifting our way of being, remember I was talking a little bit about that being versus doing. One way that I shifted my being at that time is I chose to believe that people would want to work with me and people would want cuz I wanted to put I wanted to make a film, a short film that could be good footage for me so that I can get an agent and a manager and start auditioning and cuz that's how you become an actor. So one of the, I just shifted. I I believe people will want to make this script that I I'd written this short short film script, and so as I went into a conversation, I'm not like shifting my way of being 24 hours a day. I'm just going to shift my way of being in these five minutes, um, and we can all do that. And we all play cops and robbers growing up. Like we could shift who we are for a moment and pretend we're somebody else. So I pretended I was somebody that people wanted to work with, and I said, "Hey, I've got this great thing," and I enroll. I began to enroll people into this, and then fast forward. Uh, a couple months later, I was, um, it was maybe like six months. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So I was on set downtown Los Angeles in a big warehouse with a crew of about 30, 35 people, all volunteers, camera, everything. And we were filming a, a, a movie that I had written, produced, and was now lead acting in. And, and, and then actually just recently I did a red carpet event for that. So, you know, that and several other things along those way, once I had that momentum led to now I have I have a commercial agent I have a, a film and television agent I have a I have a manager and I, I go I audition regularly so it was, it was just that little beginning of shift of my way of being that created momentum that now I'm you know I've booked a couple of commercials and I'm auditioning for some big television shows and it's just it's this dream that's fun that I'm still very much in the process of like I haven't seen any huge measurable success yet but I'm still in that tension of what I want the vision that I want and what current reality is and it's that tension um, where the, the little bit of the robot needs to be employed to keep tru- trucking along, trucking along, trucking along. I just, I was just going to say, like, just listening to you when you were just describing that, that I was thinking, man, he's definitely, he's employing that right now. It's awesome. Just that whole yeah. idea. And uh, I, you, I'm, told, I'm smiling ear to ear right now because I just, I loved how you, you just kind of described that, that experience. And it's in such, it was in such a humble way and everybody listening, just, you've just been Aaron, like left and right, just nuggets after nuggets after nuggets, you know, for people. And this is going to be something I'm going to go back and listen to again myself. It's really just been uh, just awesome talking with you over these last couple of shows. So I want to ask you one last question before we go. And you know what? You've said it in in so many different ways, but I kind of, I do this at the end more of like a time capsule for everybody that's on the show. 
If you were suddenly at the end of your life and you were reflecting on everything that you've been through, done, created, what kind of impact would you want to be remembered for? I think that speaks to my big why. My big why is uh, it has to do with helping people live a fuller and freer life. Um, and then more specifically, I, if I had the impact that I wanted to have, then, then I, I inspired people to do what inspires them and to reach their dreams and had an impact on humanity that, that transformed their lives in a way that they they believed in their bigness like uh, not that not the self-aggrandization type thing that there's a certain there's a certain humility even in believing that, that I'm capable of so much that they're you know whatever people believe that God inside of me or the universe whatever people people believe that that has instilled inside of me a certain amount of greatness that that I can have a huge impact on the world and if I can believe in my bigness that there's so much more in me than I realize I could have this radical impact so I will have had that impact and uh, and I believe I will have that impact and am having that impact and I will have had that impact on others that are impacting other people that awaken that inside them that they 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 believed in their bigness they went after a bigger fuller freer life and didn't didn't settle for um, for their what their limiting voices are telling them is not possible so beautiful man thank you so much for sharing that and guys you have that voice inside you please check out Aaron's book at thevoiceofyourdreams.com. You could find it on amazon.com as well. And Aaron, I want to ask you this question. Everybody can sing, right? Everybody can sing. Thank you, There's guys. Everybody. <laughs> everybody can sing. It's, it's, if somebody tells you and you, you know, you're, you're out singing one day and they, don't quit your do, day job, don't listen to them. You just no. got to keep put trucking forward. It, it, you'll, you'll get those clear tones one day. <laughs> stay, stay in that tension between your vision of where you want to be and current reality. Stay in that tension long enough for a breakthrough to occur. That's right. That's right. Uh, and guys, again, if you want to check out uh, Aaron's coaching, just head over to superiorsingingmethods.com for the vocal coaching. And again, learn more about that book. Head over to thevoiceofyourdreams.com. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. This thank was, you so uh, much. Yeah, this is wonderful. And I can't wait, guys. Please stay tuned uh, on the Sunday show as well because we'll be talking a lot about this these last two episodes. It's just so much to to not talk about it. And, uh, and Jen and I will be getting into it a little bit more deeply. So thanks again, Aaron. Take care. <laughs>